Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast about the nanny, which is a TV series from the 90s, starring Fran Drescher. I am Shondi Pasquale here with... Toria Sheffield. That's right. And today, folks, we are discussing season three, episode eight, The Party's Over, written by Karen Lucas and directed by Dorothy Lyman again. This is the one in which Mr. Sheffield goes out of town and and Fran throws a party in his house and then hijinks ensue. Mm-hmm. So this was a good, this was pretty good. I like, I, it had some beats that I really liked. Oh um, yeah. Uh, like a lot. Uh, it but was- it felt like, I don't know. It felt very short to me. Like not a lot happens. Well, it's because there is this, it's sort of a setup to this, very admittedly, very very funny courtroom scene, yeah. but it kind of comes out of nowhere um, with a cameo that kind of comes out of nowhere, and it's, yep. I I loved it. But I was like, oh, okay, this seems kind of like the meat of the episode, but I didn't I didn't yeah. see it coming. But but again, I I really had fun with this episode. I think that you know not. Not every episode can be like the most perfect, most amazing ten out of ten. This was this was very funny to me, very enjoyable, and I felt like it went down like candy. I really, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, uh, and I think as I say all the time, our bar is really high because there are certain episodes that just like they they knock it out of the park in terms of being hilarious, but having these like really resonant emotional beats. Mm-hmm. And so now I feel like when an episode is just really funny and enjoyable which is all a 30 minutes, like a 22 minute sitcom, like often is, we're kind of like, mm, it's fine. It's just okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. We do, um, <laughs> yeah. We're like, we're very but, hard on these episodes. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, but so this episode starts with Mr. Sheffield and CC, uh, or establishing that Mr. Sheffield and CC are going to Boston for a weekend business trip. And CC, as usual, is angling to seduce Mr. Sheffield. And she's so excited because she thinks this might be her opportunity. And she she exits uh, the scene and Niles immediately sabotages the plans for her by um, – convincing Mr. Sheffield that this would be a great weekend to take the children along, <laughs> which is, which is <laughs> so a mean. mean. Such but a dick move. I have a, a note about this. Do you think that uh, Niles is now subconsciously sabotaging Cece and Mr. Sheffield because he has feelings for Cece? Oh, mm. that is very interesting. I, I, uh, hmm. I honestly didn't consider that, but yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess the real question is, do you think that the writers were that forward thinking? Uh, okay. I think that probably at this stage, it's just, you know, we can take it at face value, but I like to, you know, add an extra little layer on there, which is, you know, for my own viewing pleasure, which is mm-hmm. maybe, you know, he is convincing himself it's because he just loves to revel in her misery, but actually he's taking solace in the right. fact that like nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's my own little fan. I fan. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not against, I mean, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. 
Um, and then meanwhile, we have Fran and Val in the kitchen. They are gorging themselves on ice cream and lamenting their single statuses. Um, and there's this very funny line where Val's like, oh, Fran. They're I- eating – you got to be – they're eating a tub of ice cream directly from the tub huge and every tub. once in a while, a huge tub. And and then at one point in the scene, <laughs> Fran goes to the fridge, pulls out whipped cream and sprays it directly into the tub. And just, just pours <laughs> M&M's in. For, I will freely admit this. This episode made me break my whole anti-inflammatory diet plan because I wanted ice cream so badly after I watched this that Mm -hmm. I just ate like half a thing of ice cream. And I was also like, you know, it seems to me like these actresses are really going for it, like really eating. Yeah, they were eating. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, do they they just not eat? Although I did note that Val was eating a little bit more than Fran. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just a little bit more just like a couple bites more yeah well i was she like, really dug in there when fran put the whipped cream on it <laughs> god well i was wondering like maybe in rehearsals you don't eat it and you save it all up because you know when you're on a hit tv show there's a lot of pressure to look yeah. a certain way and you know what, what do you do when you got to be eating all this ice cream Seems like it would blow an entire um, day. Of your I body. know an actor who had to go film something, and uh, wherein he had to eat macaroni and cheese, and he requested a bucket and <gasps> took a bite and spit it into the bucket every single take. <laughs> so fucking nasty, and I think that's super. Did not super swallow. Normal. It's super normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very, very common. I just thought it was really funny. Yeah, um, you gotta tell me who that is off camera. Off mic, um, but so I also noted. Out. <laughs> I also noted that um, Fran was wearing these jeans that I thought were so cool, and they would be such a they would be so trendy right now. They were sky blue with Dude, clouds. I noticed those too. The cloud jeans. Cool. I like, never noticed clothing, and I was like, "Oh, those cloud jeans are neat." I wonder yeah. if I have a bad taste in fashion or if they're really cool looking. No, so. I mean they were. I wasted. They, I think honestly, like if they were made today, like they would be very, very stylish. I actually might literally look up and see if there's anything like that. Um, they were so cool. There's also a really solid. Before we move too far away from it, there's a really solid joke where, uh, or I'll you know what? I'll wait till the end. I'll wait till favorite lines. Is it the? Can I just say? Is it the gross Brighton joke? No, it's Niles. It's a Niles joke. It's a Niles oh. wordplay joke. That's oh. very funny. Okay. Well, I'll say this. There's also a gross bread. Yeah. This I was like, ew. While they're eating their ice cream and – oh, and so literally Val's like, oh, Fran, I just think I'm never going to fulfill my dream of getting to buy double burial plots. And Fran's like – she's like, that's your dream, Val? That's my dream too, which further solidifies our, you know, Jewish Yeah, Jews people. love burial plots thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but then Fran's like, oh, is it too much to ask? Like, I just want a guy, a nice looking guy who's got some money. At which point Brighton walks in. Brighton who's maybe about 13 now. This and is they so both, weird. I just hated it so much. They both pause. They look him up and down and he's like, what? And Fran's like, hmm. She's like, have you ever seen Harold and Maude? And then she's like, eh, forget it. Once you've seen a guy in his, you know, superhero PJs, it's all, you know, it's all out of – off from there, whatever she says. But I was like, ew, Fran, you're like his mother figure. Yeah. I hated it. I hated it too. It felt like they wanted to just make that Harold and Maude joke and like 
they didn't they don't they didn't, like it just because it was funny to them but it's like i don't know why why would fran ever think that yeah, i don't have, think fran's ever sexualized this little boy ew or if you're gonna do it at least have val do it and then fran right. be like oh gross no um mm-hmm. and this right is- you could because you still could have done the pj's line because fran could have been like well you know uh you know uh, trust me, I've seen him in his Batman PJs, it's, you know, or something. I don't know. But like, yeah, it was really weird. It was really weird. Um, not like it. But so this is when they hatch a plan to throw a singles party. And they say they're going to do it in the back of Lenny's clan bar. And they're like, you know, we'll charge 10 bucks or 20 bucks a, a cover charge. And, uh, you know, we'll, it'll be our little way to maybe meet some single guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and – then we establish another thing that's happening in this episode, which is Maggie really doesn't want to go to Boston with um, her brother and sister and her dad that weekend because right. she has a Nine Inch Nails concert. And if Mr. Sheffield at first is like, no, 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 like you're too young to stay home alone. You can't. Um, and Fran helps convince him that, you know, at 16, she's actually old enough to do that. And I also was like, but wait, isn't Fran there and Niles? Like, is she really going to be alone? That's what I thought too. I was like, it's so weird how like they're classifying this as a loan when like Fran and Niles are going to be there. Like her nanny is there. I was, yeah, her nanny who, both of them live in the house. And I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I wish there had just been like one little line that would have established like Fran has the weekend off and, you know, maybe she's not expected to be home. Yeah, and maybe Niles goes like, that's not my job or something, you know, like – yeah, it was it was a little bit where you're like, okay, I mean, this kid actually is basically like two per parents there. Um, yeah. But so Mr. Sheffield and Cece – oh, but so, yes, Fran helps convince Mr. Sheffield that it'll be okay and that she's mature enough to stay home. Uh, so Mr. Sheffield, Cece, and the two youngest kids leave for the weekend. Uh, and then that's when – Val comes running in. She goes, Fran, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> Lenny's clam bar burned down. <laughs> and Fran goes, oh. Val <laughs> goes, oh, fire. <laughs> it's so funny. It's that so was so funny. stupid. It's so funny. Um, and then they're basically like, they start to cry. They like, literally like clapped into each other's arms and they're like, we're going to be single for life. And this is when Maggie is like, hey, Fran, you know, Dad said I can't have any parties at the mansion this weekend, but he didn't say anything about you. Uh, so it's decided that this single party is going to happen at the house, yeah. not at a bar. Um, and uh, we actually – there was – well, actually, I'll save it till the end because I have a funny line uh, yeah. involving all this. But so – we, we then cut to the party at the mansion and it's this like funny little montage of, you know, Fran keeps dancing with different guys and they all end up being duds for various reasons. And every time she goes, have you met my friend Val? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, like that. And then she's finally dancing with a, a seemingly nice, normal, handsome guy. But it turns out he's a police officer and she's under arrest for operating a business without a license. I don't know how he caught wind of this. <laughs> I don't know I how don't the, 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 the whole thing felt very forced, right? Where you're like, okay, I guess. It also, was, like, what is the business that she charged for like a house party? I don't even think that's counts. I guess I guess it would basically be like this is like if you're charging a cover fee, like you're kind of like a club or a bar of some kind and you're selling alcohol without a liquor license. So it was kind of a like 
you're operating a business without any of the official right I guess because she is making a profit off it it's not it's not just a house party I guess it's like um there's this there's a book about uh this couple here uh in Los Angeles uh, it's like a you know it's a actual true story they were really really amazing cooks and they basically opened a restaurant like just out of their apartment and whenever the um who's the the food and drug people the, the FDA? No, sorry. The, no, sorry. Whenever the ho- the health department, they caught mm. wind of this. And whenever they would get like a shakeup or whatever from the health department, they would just say that all of these people in their apartment were their friends <laughs> and they were just having a big party. Um, and nobody would admit that they were paying for the food because that was the difference between just having a party and owning a business. Right. Um, so I Crazy. guess it was like that. Um, but so Fran literally gets arrested. And the next morning, she shows up. The place is totally trashed because there was a big party there and, you know, there was nobody supervising it. And she, Niles, and Maggie start cleaning up because, oh, because Maggie had clearly spent the night at a friend's house that night. So she gets back just around the time when – And she's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. She was like, she, she was like, I can't believe you you trashed the house while I was gone. And then she was like, I miss everything. Yeah. But so she, Niles, and Fran start trying to clean up and Fran's literally like, oh God, thank God your father's not getting home for a few hours. Like he'd be furious if he saw this. He then comes down the stairs looking furious and he's like, Gracie got sick. So we came home early. Um, And we've also, I forgot to mention, there was a running gag that uh, Gracie always pukes on planes. And (laughs) so it's extra insult to injury with CC where CC is going to have to sit next to her. <laughs> and so he literally is like, he's like, so we and, home. and Niles packs her a lunch and it's egg salad. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. Disgusting. Um, and Mr. Shumfield's literally like when he comes down the stairs, he's like, so we came home early. And then he's like, Niles, please get Miss Babcock's uh, blazer dry clean <laughs> and answer him a blazer, which clearly got puked on. But so then you think Fran's about to be in a huge amount which of Which he trouble. then throws into the fireplace. <laughs> He thrusts the fireplace. Um, but so, you know, you think Fran's about to get in a lot of trouble. Um, but Mr. Sheffield is like, I'm so disappointed in you, Maggie. Uh, and <laughs> it's very clear that he's assuming that she threw a house party while Fran and Niles were out. And Fran is instantly like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, Mr. Sheffield, no, it was me. It was me. And he's like, Oh, you know, don't try to cover for her, Miss Fine. You know, she she needs to accept her punishment, and um, and then she's like, no, no, really, it was. And he's he has this line where he's like, you know, I think even the woman who put honk if you're a who put the honk if you're a honk bumper sticker on my limo isn't stupid enough to throw a party while I'm gone. And he's like, because you know, if you genuinely did that, I'd have to fire you. At which point, Maggie kind of stands up and she's like, no, no, dad, like it was me because she doesn't want Fran to get fired. And I literally wrote, oh, Maggie, we've been so hard on you lately Yeah, (laughs) to the point where I genuinely felt guilty as if she was a real person I knew. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's such like a sweetheart. Like it's such a a sweet and selfless act to be like, I threw this giant party like that she wasn't even there for. Yeah, I thought it was really sweet. Yeah, I, I, it's so funny. My literal thing is, oh, uh, she's actually really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, I was literally like, you know, let's give her some cred. 
Um, and so Mr. Sheffield basically grounds her indefinitely um, and sends her up to her room, which also means she's going to miss the big concert, which was the whole reason she didn't go to Boston in the first place. Um, and in, in the next scene though, you know, Fran also being a very good person, like literally could not let this happen. So she is in Mr. Sheffield's office telling him the whole truth. And he, he's obviously very angry. Um, and she, she's basically like, oh, and he's basically like, you know, I'm going to really have to think about what I, what I do here. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's serious. Like he, he's like, I might actually have to fire you. Um, and this has one of my favorite lines in the whole episode, which I will just share here because it also leads us to the next scene where Fran's like, okay, okay. She's like, but, you know, before you before you fire me, just remember that I'm a fantastic nanny and I'm a very good influence on the children. And then she's like, oh, uh, I'm late for my arraignment. If a hooker named Sparkles calls, tell her I'm in court. And that's because she had made reference to the fact that she had made friends with a uh, hooker named Sparkles <laughs> when she was in jail the night before. But so she goes running out for her court date. Like, um, So that's, that's the other thing that happens in this episode where it feels like a lot was leading up to have this big comedic scene. Um, but also felt a little random, but whatever. It was so really, really funny, at least to me. I yeah. yeah. And so Fran runs out and Mr. Sheffield literally looks at Niles and he's like, you know, I don't know what to do here. Like, you know, the reality is, is Maggie is at a very impressionable age and she really needs to be around someone who's going to like help make, her build character. Yeah. And, and make Niles, good choices. Yeah. And make good choices. But then Niles like very, very sagely goes, ah, yes, you're right, sir. And you know, what teenage girl in her right mind would give up the concert of her life to save a friend? Basically being like, don't you see that that was a tremendous act of character? And clearly Fran is rubbing off on her in, in a good way. Um, and he also makes reference to like the ways that the other children have really flourished. You know, he was like, ah, and he's like, you're right. Like Miss Fine's not doing a lot. I mean, all that's happened is Gracie's therapist is no longer on speed dial and, you know, all these other things. Right, all the um, reasons why, like, everyone has changed. For the best, for the yeah. better. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We then cut to Fran in court at her arraignment with Val. And we set up that Fran has an uncle, Lenny, who's a lawyer who Manny. represents. No, Lenny. No, Manny. M-A-N-N-Y. Really? Uncle Manny. Yeah. Hmm. I'm Googling that. The nanny. I mean, it's in the credits. Is it? Yeah. It's Manny. Why did I think it was Lenny? I don't know. 
Let me see here. I got. I got. You're right. It's Uncle Manny. Yeah, Uncle Manny. Um, because of so, Uncle Milty. Oh, that's true. So she is an Uncle Manny, um, who a great Uncle Manny who's going to be representing her, and that's when this hilarious scene ensues where he comes in and it's it's Milton Burr, Milton Burl, who yep. iconic American comedy actor. Um, you know, literally like 80 years in the industry kind of thing. Uh, very, very famous. And he's very old at this point, you know, at 1995. But he is crushing it. And so is the judge. There's an old yep. man playing the judge. And these two are hilarious. Like, you know, Uncle Manny comes in and he's literally like, uh, you know, he hears the charges against Fran. And he goes, oh. You're going to need a lawyer. And she's like, you're my lawyer. <laughs> and then at another point, he literally falls asleep. And Fran goes, I'm sorry, Your Honor. I, I think the defense is resting. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a very kind of like vaudevillian, like set him up, knock him down scene yep. with these very, very funny men. And it's very clear that, you know, Uncle Manny is doing a very bad job of representing her. And Fran is not going to get out of this, at which point. Mr. Sheffield comes into the court and he shows up to support her and act as this character reference essentially. And he's like, your honor, I am her employer. And I can honestly tell you, like, I have never known this woman to knowingly break the law, Like, she's a very good person. And so instead of like any jail time or anything like that, she's just charged – or actually he's charged with a $500 fine because the party happened in his home. Um, and then, you know, as they're leaving the courtroom – And he's rich as fuck, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But he does tell her it's coming out of her salary, which firmly establishes that he's not going to fire her. And that is – that's really the end of the episode. Like, yeah. you know, not only is he – does she get to keep her job, but – you know, he shows up for her and he shows up yeah. to to say this person it has character, this person has integrity. And and uh it was, you know, a sweet it was a sweet, I think, um way to resolve this situation. Yeah, I mean, you know my issue, my only real issue is that we've we've sort of been here before, you know, like like Mr. Sheffield coming to her character rescue, you know what I mean? And being like, she's a good person and, and she's good to my kids. Um, you know, we've seen that before. We've, we've gotten that beat in other episodes. Um, but you know, I wouldn't have traded in the Milton Berle cameo. Cause I thought that scene was like, so it was like so rapid fire and great and funny. Yeah. So I don't there know. There was, there was so many funny lines that I like, I was like, you know what, if I, if I, take note of everything that makes me laugh. We're just going to spend 40 minutes talking about this one scene. But, you know, he, he comes into the courtroom literally going, I object, I object. And they're like, what do you object to? And he goes, to those electronic doors on the bathroom. And the judge is like, that's the elevator. And then he goes, use the stairs. <laughs> it was so goofy and funny. Um, but that was the episode. And there was another weird – there was a little button on this episode, which we haven't seen in a while. But instead of it just coming the way they normally do, you heard Fran Drescher's voice goes, stick around. I have a surprise, which has never happened before. So I wonder if they were finding that people weren't sticking around long enough to know that there was buttons or maybe because there hasn't been one in so long, they were thinking that people wouldn't know to stick around for it. But yeah. it was Val and Milton Berle. Uh, it was a very funny little beat where he's like, 
that dress looks fantastic. And she's like, thank you. And he goes, can I try it on? Um, <laughs> uh, and and that's it. That's the app. Um, I I did actually. I think I did a good job of not just saying all my favorite lines while yeah. we described the episode because I have Same. a bunch coming up. So do I. Yeah. Because this this whole episode was like lines. You know, it was like funny lines and like funny deliveries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's get into segments. Segments. And now segments. So segments yeah no i think we should move on to segments i to say we can move on to our segments and now segments segments uh with sean and toria um when fran and maggie are going over the rsvps to the singles party maggie goes oh this guy seems perfect for you fran and she goes oh no he says he's looking for a catholic girl mm-hmm. and then fran goes great he's jewish yeah. <laughs> which is like I don't Very know. True. If, yeah, I don't know if this like joke or knowledge extends outside of the Jewish community, but it's it's very common for Jewish boys to like those Catholic girls. It's you know opposite. It is very tr- common. Yeah, yeah, it's you know Shik says it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the honk if you're a hunk bumper sticker line where because yes. clearly Fran had. I think I mentioned that earlier, right? Oh yeah, yeah. you know because the idea that Fran would have. Literally put a hunk if you're a hunk bumper sticker on a limo. On the limo. <laughs> um, and I love the sparkles hook uh, hooker line. But I think my my favorite line was a Val moment. She's so stupid. Fran is telling Val about her uncle. And she, and pro then, bono? Yes. Yeah. And then Fran goes, and he's strictly pro bono. And, and Val goes, Really? Well, I'm glad he's not representing me because I'm pro Cher. <laughs> Which only works if you know that Cher was once married to a guy named Sonny Bono. <laughs> I mean, I think the whole world knows. It's just younger people might not know now. But yeah, the whole that's what world I meant. <laughs> But yeah, at the time, everyone knew Cher, Cher and Sonny. Of course, Sonny and yeah. Cher. Uh, what were your favorites? Um, I really liked – well, there was a lot in the courtroom. I really liked uh, 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 the judge goes, is your attorney present? And she goes, my attorney present? You know what? Hmm. She's like, I'm not going to get him anything. Let's see how he does first. <laughs> and then the yes. judge looks at the bailiff and he goes, is this a competency hearing? Which <laughs> uh, I really yes. like that line. And, and, the delivery. Also, and the thing is, it was it was well done because it wasn't is your attorney presence. It was, do you have your attorney present? Oh, right. Was, That's what it was. was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So good. Um, and then I also – it wasn't a line, but I really like the last guy that Fran is dancing with. He goes, my – she goes, I love your hair. And he goes, it's made out of eggplant, which is weird. And then she's like, oh. And she like goes to like touch it and it gets on her hand. And then she rubs it on his lip and he looks like Hitler. <laughs> yes. No, he's wearing – he's basically – no, he says it's all sprayed on. I don't think he says it's made out of eggplant. I don't know where you got. He said it was made out of eggplant. No, no, he says his hair is all. Maybe he did, but basically, he says his hair was all sprayed on, meaning that like he's balding, mm-hmm. and most of the hair on his head was actually paint. Yeah. And yes, when she does accidentally touch it, she then touches his lip, and he looks just <laughs> like Hitler. And she still goes, "Have you met my friend Val?" Yep. <laughs> um, I also liked. Um, uh, what was the other one? Oh, it was the semantics line. Where he goes, Mr. Sheffield goes, I specifically said no parties. And she's like, well, you told Maggie no parties. And he goes, don't start with the semantics. And she goes, oh, now you're going to fire me because you're anti-semantic? Yes, yes. (laughs) I was like, as soon as he said semantics, I was like, oh, I hope she makes an anti-Semitic joke. (laughs) 
Right? <laughs> Anti-semantic. So good. <laughs> oh. um, it was great. And then Milton Burrow, first line, oh. he enters, he goes, I object. And the judge goes, what do you object to? And he goes, the electric doors in the men's room. And the guy goes, that's an elevator. And there's a beat. And then he goes, oh, take the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> eat in the elevator. It's so good. <laughs> he just crushed that entire thing. He cr- it was crushed. so good. And then, of oh, course, God. at one point, there's a great. Um, if the glove doesn't fit, there's another OJ. So many OJ man. People went hard on OJ in the '90s, huh? That was like Deserved. every. Oh, but yeah, she he goes. Um, Milton Burrow goes, Judge, please look, the skirt is so snug. And you know, if this if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. And the judge looks at him like he's insane. Yeah. Well, there's also a line where um when the judge says she might spend oh she might have to go to jail, she goes, Will I get conjugal visits in prison? And then he's like, Yes. And she goes, put me down for two years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great. That all I mean, you know, looking back that jail's that, fun. <laughs> no, that scene was a big home run. Um, yeah, yeah. The yeah. guy, the guy that played the judge is like you'd never know him by his name, but he's like one of those like character actor guys that's in like you know every he's been in every movie that's come out basically since like 1978. Like mm-hmm. he's had like some. He's a judge. He's a detective. He's uh, he plays the judges a lot. You know. Yep, so like yep. I'm sure you've seen him on stuff, and that's why you were like, oh, I know that guy. Kind of absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. He actually has a very uh, comforting presence because I think we've seen him as these stately older men so many times. Yes, exactly. Um, and then for also. Yeah, oh. He was Polly the pawnbroker on an earlier episode of The Nanny, and he comes back later and plays her Uncle Ray. Oh, fantastic. So <laughs> I'm glad you like him because he's going to show <laughs> up a lot more. Get ready. Stay <laughs> calm. Um, all right. Yiddish. So uh, Yiddish? Yeah, Yiddish. Okay. So there was two that I clocked. Yeah. Mensch, which yep. is a person of integrity and honor. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mr. Sheffield uses the term schmear because when he comes to court and says that he's he's never known Fran to knowingly break the law, he goes, well, except for trying to get free cable. But I mean, who doesn't schmear the cable guy? <laughs> Which means to flatter or like yeah. to grease or to oil someone up. Um, which is very funny. Um, and then schmear. <laughs> schmear. I, um, I, I mean, we've talked about this before, but it's the best when he uses – um, when he uses like when any of the Yiddishism. family uses her Yiddish, yeah, for sure, for sure, it's always funny to me. Um, and okay, so for nanny trivia, um, so we've had some really great Val episodes recently. Um, so I thought let's talk a little bit about Rachel Chagall, okay, uh, who plays Val. Yeah, so she was born in New York City as Rachel Levin. Um, mm. and he, so even though she plays the Italian Val Toriello, she's actually Jewish. Uh, but she took the name Chagall because there was already an actress named Rachel Levin. And Mark Chagall, the extremely famous artist, Chagall, was apparently her grandmother's first cousin. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's, you know, uh, a very, a very famous um, person in the art world. Um, yeah. Wow, and, that's crazy. Right? But I will say, like, your grandmother's first cousin, It doesn't that sound more like family lore than <laughs> – it does, right? <laughs> it's like maybe his last name happened to be Chagall, but it wasn't Mark Chagall or something like that. Um, 
her husband. Oh, I hope that's what it was. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, her husband, Greg Leonard, was a stage manager on The Nanny. Um, and there's actually not a ton of information about her life online, but I read Fran Drescher's book, Cancer Schmancer, and uh, Fran mentions her a number of times as one of her best and dearest friends, um, hmm. like the kind of person who like will drive you to doctor's appointments, will oh, be the person that's so like- sweet. Yeah, like the kind of person who's like waiting for you after surgery, like, like a, a really like- it seems like they're very um, – there's real love between these two people. Like they really are dear to each other um, in real life, not just in the nanny, which I thought was great. And I thought that this was interesting. So um, Rachel Chagall's most notable role outside the nanny was a dramatic performance in a very critically acclaimed 1987 movie called Gabby, A True Story, hmm. in which she played – Real life disability activist Gabriella Brimmer, who was a Mexican oh. Jew, yeah, a Mexican yeah. Jewish woman born with cerebral palsy, she won a golden. I, oh, actually, maybe she was only nominated. I should check that, but she was at least nominated for a Golden Globe for the role. And her co-star Norma Alejandro uh, was nominated for an Oscar. So this wow. was a big deal movie that uh, mm-hmm. she was in, um, and she did That's huge. Yeah, um, so she's you know clearly very talented. Um, but I mostly, you know, mostly worked um, with Fran on The Nanny. Did she do any of Fran's other shows? Um, I noticed that she was in an episode of What I Like About You, which was a Peter Mark Jacobson show. Mm-hmm. Um, I should check. I, I I only skimmed it, so maybe she wasn't happily divorced. But, you know, she definitely was, like, kind of in the mix with their creative stuff That's later. That's so cute. I like that. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, and then The Friend or the CC. Well, I said I would never throw a party I wasn't supposed to. So I'm definitely not the Fran. Yeah. You would. I'm trying to think if I have. <laughs> I don't think I would. I, I I was pretty good. Like when my parents left town, I was like, I, you know, I didn't want to screw anything up. I hated getting in trouble as a kid was the thing. But you why? Know? So but I guess you, because you, you didn't want to disappoint your parents, but you didn't care about like school authority. Yeah. No, they were not. I didn't give it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't care at all about school authority but I definitely didn't want to disappoint my parents. Well, in general though, I think that means you you uh, are you're more able to stick it to the man than I. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I got no problem with the man. I just, you know, don't mess with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I um, yeah, that should be on every uh every like prisoner's arm. <laughs> <laughs> no problem with the man, but don't fuck with my mom. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, so I don't know. So maybe maybe you're not the friend. For some reason, I totally thought you'd have some story about like, you know, getting into your parents' liquor cabinet or something. No, no, I didn't really do that. I, you know, I don't know. My, I mean, first of all, my parents very rarely went anywhere or did anything. So I didn't have a lot of those opportunities. And the few times they did, it was such like a fight to get them to leave me alone that I was like – I can't screw this. I can't then immediately turn around and be a dick. Yeah. (laughs) They barely wanted to leave me alone as it was. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And it's also endearing that you, uh, that you would, you know, your parents' good faith, you know, means something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I never, I was never left alone. I feel like it was just, I couldn't even be left alone for 10 minutes in the house. (laughs) Oh God. That explains so much about you now. Oh my God. Uh, But that's a conversation for another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you like the show and you're having a good time with us, please don't forget to go to Apple 
Podcasts and Spotify, rate and review the show. That helps other people find it. And if you want to tell us about what uh, parties you threw when your parents were out of the house, find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at oh Mr. Chef Pod. But really, Instagram is where it all pops off. Right, Toria? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. our number one hub for yeah, sure. That's our hub. That's a big hub for us. <laughs> uh, and on that note, I will say goodbye, Toria. Goodbye, Sean. Never, ever see you again. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. The witch's curse. <laughs> the flashing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. I, uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs>